This is Left of the Dial. I'm Kitsy. And with me, once again, is the unbreakable Caleb Coy. Hey, that's me. How are you? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm well. I'm better today than, than yesterday. That's good. Yes. That's good. Hopefully tomorrow you'll be even better than today. I hope so. Uh, and we can talk about why the progression of my days would go such, uh, because it's actually relevant to the podcast. Well, perfect. Let's talk about that. But before we do, do you want to intro your pick for the week? Of course. Of course. So uh, the, uh, the first record that we're discussing today is uh, called A Black Mile to the Surface by Manchester Orchestra. And uh, what we just heard coming in was track three from that record called The Moth. Uh, and one thing I find choice. interesting, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you, you remember how I told you, like, I like spy shit. Uh, and <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> this, song, this song, like, right from the get-go has this, like, spooky kind of spy vibe. And, like, I don't, I don't know why, but it, it is. And... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm reading up on uh, the... So I use Genius Lyrics a lot when I'm uh, checking out the, the lyrics and like following along, uh, in part because they do tend to have some of the more accurate listings because, you know, in an era where, you know, you're not as likely to have liner notes handy, uh, I feel like most lyric sites are just people like, this is what it sounds like to me, and they type it, and it's usually wrong. Which is like, I don't understand how you hear things so completely wrong, but that's another thing entirely. Uh, but also because uh, it's it's kind of like a, a user editable, like a Wikipedia sort of thing where like people can comment what they think the lyrics mean. And in particular for this record, I love like people trying to figure out what the fuck this guy's talking about. I know, right? Like, there's, there's so many like cryptic things <laughs> on here. And I actually have a, a lot of lyrical things to talk about, but I'm going to, I'm going to let you keep going here. Cause, uh, this is your pick, so you, you, you get to start. It's great because, like, most of these songs are like stories being told. They're not like, um, they're not like, you know, these are my life experiences, or like this is a thing that happened to me, or I'm I'm brokenhearted about X Y Z scenario. Like he's like kind of composing fiction to music, which is something I I fucking love, uh, and. I'm a, I'm a sucker for every time. And like the, one of the things that genius lyrics will do is feature like, what have the artists said about these songs? And so like you can go through and read uh, what the band has said these songs are about or what the, the, the person who writes the lyrics has said that they're about. Um, one thing that I think is really interesting for the moth and what lends to its kind of spookiness uh, as he says, there's two different uh, consecutive vocal lines with different lyrics for each line of the song. The vocal that we preferred the most ended up becoming the lead. So, Oh, interesting. He says, the part that breaks out is my daughter Maisie's first feature saying, what about my future? It only took her three takes. <laughs> so like there's a, a lot going on in these songs they're like they're very rich very lushly uh recorded there's layers of you know, you know uh kind of traditional guitar drums and bass but also some synth uh but there's there's something about this record that has a very cohesive holistic whole record feel that a lot of 
Uh, a lot of albums don't, which like there's nothing wrong with an album being a collection of good songs. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But it's rare and like really fun to come across a record that like start to finish feels like one piece of art. You know what I'm saying? I do. I do. And I, th- I think we kind of talked about that uh, a little bit last week with, uh, nope, sorry, two weeks ago with uh, Harmony Woods. Oh, yeah. I, it's so uh, hard to keep it all. It's, it's hard to keep it all straight, straight. cuz the Harmony Woods one just came out today as the day that we're recording this <laughs> which is then like a different date in the fa- in the past for when you're listening to this. Yes. Time when you're listening weird, to this man. it will be at least January 31st. And these songs will have traveled through the cosmos to reach you. <laughs> but for us it's January 17th. So <laughs> for us yeah. So uh, one of the like, really interesting things is like underneath the layer of the, the music of the song, you'll hear like weird little things like voices talking or just like strange little sound effects and stuff like that. And a lot of times those will carry through from track to track or, you know, it might be, uh, you know, from track one into track two, it's a, a stick click. And then from you know the next track uh, lead out, it's voices uh, speaking. Uh, in one, it might be a small child. In another, it might sound like a crowd. And like, there's these weird little connective elements that just make it flow so well. Uh, and that's one of the first things that, that stood out to me about this record. Because um, you had actually messaged me one day with a, a link to a YouTube video of the second track, well, which we should talk about. Uh, it's called The Gold. Uh, and it was a live performance. And I had never, like, I had heard of Manchester Orchestra, but never spent any time listening to them. And I was like, is this something I should be into? And like, I don't know, but this song is dope. And so, like, after watching the video and thinking, like, yes, this song is, in fact, dope, uh, I went back and listened to the whole record. Uh, and I, just, I, I do, I love the way that it's... Uh, it feels so cohesive. songs that uh, is incredibly 
like it's hard for me to listen to the rest of the record because I just want to keep listening to the gold over and over again. Um, uh huh. And there's a few things about this song I find really interesting. Um, the we talked a few weeks ago. Um, I think again on that Harmony Woods one about how I am incapable of just listening to music as a casual listener. Yes. And how uh, I always have to pick apart whatever what's going on. What's and you know I have to think about it from the songwriter perspective and from the musician perspective. And then from the producer perspective, now that I'm, I'm producing music, <laughs> and yep. this is, you know, and, and a lot of times I, I can pick out at least one thing where I'm like, I would have done that differently. Um, okay. This song doesn't have that for me. This song is, wow. from a production standpoint, is a masterpiece. I think it's, I hesitate to say perfect, but flawless maybe is a better Pretty close to perfect. Term, yeah. Like, it's just, there's so much going on. There's so many subtle little things, um, and not just in this song, but in in all of the songs. There's it's, you know, you know those movies that you watch that like every time you watch it, you see something new. Yeah, like uh, the Prestige is a good example of that. Um, at, mm-hmm. least, at least for oh me, my God, that's this so record's good. like that for me. Every time I listen to it, I hear another little thing I didn't catch the last time, and I love that. Um, but one of the things about the gold that really stands out to me is. Um, it's got a really odd pacing to it. Um, yeah. So it's in, it's either in three, four or six, eight. I'm not sure which one is officially it, but I, in my head, I counted in six, eight. Um, that makes sense. And what's interesting about the, the verse is that normally in, um, you know, the, the, the kind of normal natural thing is to do cycles of four or eight measures for mm-hmm. um, for your verse. And maybe, you know, depending on the length of your verse, maybe it repeats a couple times. But the like each kind of go around of the chord progression is in six eight is only three measures. And so Neat. and so like it, you 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 kind of want there to be that fourth um that fourth chord. I mean even though it's it's that's just the three chords in the in the course, you kind of want it to hang on that last one for an extra measure before the vocals come back in, but it's like, it's just like the three measures and then boom, we're right back to the first cycle. So it kind of feels a little like skipping ahead or like rushing a little bit. Um, it, the sense that I get is that it's like, it's pulling you along. It's pulling you like kind of dragging you through the song. And then like you know, the, the verse, the pre-courses, and then suddenly just the chorus, everything just drops out. And again, it's that choir feel. Yes. These huge vocals of everyone singing in harmony. Uh, just these two lines, you know, I believed you were crazy and you believed you loved me. And the, the, <laughs> um, the, the, the pre-course, I don't want to gloss over this because um, while the chorus no. is fantastic and we're going to talk more about that in a second, um, the pre-chorus is interesting because it, it takes that 6-8 feel, but now we have a four-measure loop. Yeah. So it has that extra break, uh, like instrumental measure before the vocals come back in on the next go-around. So it, it gives it a really interesting feel. And I, I couldn't figure out why for the longest time like, like, why why does this feel so weird to me? Um, like, good weird, for sure. But, like, why does this feel so mm-hmm. weird to me? Until I actually started counting out the measures and counting out the beats. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting way to do that. And so, like, that's a, a choice that, like, I would probably have never made in a song I was writing. But I think in this song, it's absolutely the right choice. And I, I, I'm glad it's there because it makes it all the better. Yeah. But in the... Um 
the pre-chorus also has, uh, I mean, I, I, I guess I, I don't know that I could really pick like a best part of this song, but like it has some of the best writing too. This is the last track that they wrote for this record. And he like talks about it being basically like the missing piece, like what they needed to like flesh it out. Uh, and the track is, uh, it's a, it's another, like it's a fictional story uh, told from a, a woman's perspective. And it's set in the town of Lead, South Dakota, which was an old mining town that they actually go back and reference again, two tracks later uh, in a track called Lead, South Dakota. The only track on the record that doesn't start with the word the, as a, uh, just as an aside. That's an interesting um, tidbit. Yeah. But in the, uh, in the second pre-chorus, um, it, he's referencing, uh, a line that was said earlier, you can't open your eyes for a while, you just breathe that moment down. 40 hours out of homestake, and I'm trying to translate you again. And this is one of the few times that I think someone on Genius Lyrics uh, like really kind of nailed it with trying to like trying to figure it out. Because uh, the line, I'm trying to translate you again, is a really interesting way of just saying, like, I can't figure you out. Like, I, yeah. I'm trying to understand who you are and like what you're saying uh, and like why you're behaving the way you are or whatnot. Um, I just think that's really cool. And then in the, uh, the chorus, the second chorus, he uses the line, you and me, we're a day drink, so lose your faith in me. Uh, and it's easy to, like, to hear that and think, well, he's saying daydream. But no, like the artist actually says, it's, it's day drink, which is, you know, it's, it's fun, uh, but it's just kind of a, a passing kind of flippant thing. I'm, I'm glad that you uh, mentioned that because I was listening to this in the car today and I was trying to decide, is he saying day drink or day dream? Because day dream is the obvious choice. Yes, exactly. But, but, you, but he definitely is saying drink. And I'm glad that, uh, that we've clarified that now. And we know that's official because uh, I was kind of going back and forth on that for a while. I was like, well, why would it be day drink? But now, yep. now that we have the explanation, that makes sense why. Um, yeah. So this, this song uh, and the chorus in particular has just everything I love about music really in mm. well i shouldn't say everything but it has all the things that like really make me get into a song right now so like um it's got the you know the quiet well i shouldn't say quiet but like all the instruments drop out and it's just uh just acapella vocals yes and then when it kicks back in it's huge and like powerful and it's got uh it's got a guitar with uh, a little bit of breakup on it um with some delay doing like a high arpeggio over it, which you, you know, I'm that's like all my guitar playing right there is just doing oh, yeah. that. <laughs> and one of the choruses where like everything drops out and it's just acapella, like I think it's the second one. Um, the instruments all drop out except for one single piano note that's just played like on yes. repeat, just a dee, 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 dee. and like that's just such like a subtle little just like pinprick jab at your heart yes yeah that's the other thing is they they even build um they 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 build the drop over the choruses like the drop gets bigger each time too yeah and it just it, it's ah <laughs> uh, this, mm, this song is it's, so good it, we've said it before like it's it's really really cool when a band understands how to use dynamics for that kind of effect like when to be huge and when like the, the silence itself is huge. I think another interesting thing about the chorus, um, or this song in general, is 
while there's a lot of variation in kind of the dynamics of the song, which is fantastic, there's not a lot of variation in chord progression. The the verse and the chorus are actually the same chord progression. Mm-hmm. But still very different feel and very different sound. Uh, and even the, the pre-chorus is uh, is a similar... It's the same chords, but in like a different order. And I think they add a, a fourth chord in there that's not in the verses and, and the chorus, but it's still like in it's that's in that same like, you know, it's very similar. So there's not a lot of change, uh, in in kind of the, the you know the the chord progression of the song, but still there's so much change dynamically and lyrically yes. and uh, everything that it's just it's phenomenal. Yeah, and the, like. If you are uh, if you're gonna go and listen to this song, I, I hope you see like what we did. Where like it's so easy to just get lost in these first two tracks. Yeah. Like, again, the whole record is worth your time, start to finish. But like, if you just find yourself listening to these two over and over again, like no one's gonna blame you. Yeah. Except maybe the band. I don't know. Well, um, if they do, that's not them. That's you know, <laughs> they shouldn't have written a song that good then if they didn't want us to do that. It's their fault for writing good Shame songs. on them. Write worse songs. No, please don't write worse songs. Your songs are amazing. <laughs> no. um, um, so uh, one thing I want to bring up is you, you said that you found this band when I sent you the link to uh, them playing this song live. Yes. Um, which is a, a fantastic live performance. I'm going to put the link in the, uh, the show notes because everyone should watch it. It's fantastic. Yes. Um, oh, my God. But do you remember what I said to you when I sent you the link? I don't remember the exact wording, but I remember it was something like, "Yeah, this could have been one of our songs in like in a different life or something like that." Yeah, I think I, I said like in an alternate universe we could have written this song, and yes. I I don't know that that's necessarily true. I want it to be. <laughs> I think what I was really trying to say was, "Fuck, I wish we wrote this song." Yes, <laughs> or I wish we could write a song this good, because uh, I, I mean that like. That song is a masterclass in songwriting and production, in my opinion. Like it's again, I, I think it's just a flawless song. I think this might be the longest we've talked about a single song on this show so far, and I'm totally fine it with is. that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it it's worth breaking down like every every part of this because, like you said, it is. It's it's flawless. It's a masterpiece. Uh, and it's it alone is like a, a standout track. Like if you had to say like you can listen to this band, but you can only listen to one song. This is it. Yeah. I talked in the past before about uh, how, like, I don't necessarily think of music in form of genre, but more in feelings. Uh, and what stands out to me about this record is that it feels like Rust Belt gospel. Okay. Yeah. No, it definitely. Yeah, Absolutely. Because there's there's a lot of songs where like the choruses are like these big like multi part harmonies and they have this feel of like almost like a, a rock band wanted to make a gospel record and like a gospel choir wanted to make a rock record and they're like we can do this and got together and did it uh, but like the songs like the the stories that he tells throughout it are about like you know coal mining towns and like run down like small towns in South Dakota and like, you know, a heartbreak of, you know, seeing your, you know, your parent die from, you know, a heart attack or, uh, 
a man sitting in traffic contemplating suicide and like this all this is like really deep meaning uh throughout the record but it has this like small town america and and, like you know post-industrial sort of uh vibe to the the emotion of it it's some of these songs are you know on the surface they're 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 i mean i wouldn't say they sound happy because you know a lot of them do have kind of a, a a minor uh minor key like connotation to them but um you know the the on the surface they don't sound as heartbreaking as they actually are when you start reading into the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons the idea of it being like Rust Belt gospel appeals to me. Uh, people always talk about like what music their parents listen to, and a lot of times like that was kind of what inspired uh, them to then like you know inspired their musical taste growing up. So people who who grew up, their parents listened to a lot of classic rock that might still be what they're really into. Uh, I lived in a very like divided household, both like literally as well as in like taste in music and art and whatnot. Uh, my parents had split up when I was really young. My mom was super into uh, like Amy Grant and Brian Adams and Air Supply, that kind of shit. And that actually still like, I feel like that's mostly where uh, my musical influence comes from to this day. <laughs> and I am not ashamed of that. I can see uh, that. My dad, he actually did have more varied taste, but like he wouldn't talk about it. And so when we were growing up, literally like all we would listen to would be gospel and like not even like good gospel, but just like the same Jimmy Swagger tape all all, over and over again. Uh, I found out later in life that my dad's favorite artist was Sam Cooke. And I'm like, why weren't we listening to that growing up? Oh my God, right? Sam (laughs) Cooke's amazing. (laughs) So good. Uh, Um, Side tangent real quick. Yes, please. Have, have you seen on Netflix uh, the two killings of Sam Cooke? No. You need to. You, you, Caleb, okay. need to, and then you, uh, our <laughs> listener, also need to go uh, watch this if you haven't, because it's fascinating. Um, it like the story is so much deeper than I thought it would be, and uh, it's it's a fantastic uh, little documentary. I will have to check that out as soon as I can. I strongly uh, encourage it. So, uh, like, as an adult and, like, establishing my own, like, musical identity and stuff like that, there's these little pieces. Like, I don't I don't really listen to a lot of what either of my parents were into, uh, but, like, there's little pieces of them in the stuff that I choose to the point where, like, I got my hands on uh, a Mark Cohn record. And, you know, of course, Walking in Memphis. Everyone knows that song. Uh, but I would... When I still had my car and I would like still occasionally drive to work, if I had to work on a Sunday, I would put that record in on my drive and that would be my Sunday morning gospel hour. <laughs> so like there's a little bit of both parents there. Nice. Uh, so like uh, it's obviously it's not real gospel, but it has that same kind of feel where like it's it's influenced by that that genre and that uh, community. And I just I, I kind of love when a pop record or a rock record can like pull that sort of feel in. Yeah. I, I definitely love that. Um, and speaking of gospel, um, I think the first track on the record, mm. uh, my iPad just died. So the, the track list I had in front of me is gone. <laughs> it's called the maze. Thank you. It's called the maze. That's amazing <laughs> that you knew that. I notice you and you're noticing me 
Breaking the habit, you're watching me sleep. Oh, give me some time, let me learn how to speak. I'm amazed to you. I think that's that's a great example of that gospel you know influence because like he, he you know he, he it's it's a kind of a mellow jam i believe if i remember correctly it starts with a piano yes and and just like very very slow build throughout it it'll add you know a little bit more uh vocal depth a little bit uh, more like you know slowly add the bass and slowly add some drums in but it's just this like steady swell uh, and I'm a sucker for a, a non-traditional waltz, and this is a three-four, but very, very slow and um, choral. Choral. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> choral. No. Oh come on. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's just it's a great track. Is um, my I think my favorite thing is that how like. You know, it starts out with with just him singing, and then slowly, this entire like gospel choir builds behind him. Yes, exactly. to the point where it, it just sounds absolutely epic. And then to to further that, you mentioned earlier with the different threads connecting, you know, different elements connecting each song. And I noticed in a lot of their choruses, it's very much. I don't know if it's actually the, the the choir backing up or if it's just like band backing vocals that have been so layered, but like most mm-hmm. of the choruses have that huge choir kind exactly. of sound to them. And I love that. Yes. That's exactly what really like caught me and what like um, brings out that, that gospel feel that I, I keep referring to. Um, one of the things that I, I love about this, um, there's, a, a couple of recurring themes throughout this record. Uh, and one of them is lullabies to his daughter. And this is uh, the the first one that he, he wrote in that theme. And I love that. It's just like, it is something that you can like sing. It's very simple, very repetitive. Uh, and certain lines uh, like make sense. Like uh, somebody said, it's unspeakable love. Well, you don't believe I can speak well at all. You're amazed to me. Like, you know, speaking to a child, like they're, they're starting to understand the world. And I can see, you know, the child uh, kind of like giving their dad shit. Like, 
you don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> but like one line in particular that always stands out to me, um, wish me a wonder and wish me to sleep. You don't have to wander to hear when I speak. There's nothing I've got when I die that I keep. It's amazing. Just like the simplicity of life. Like this is it. This That's is so good. Yeah. This is, you know, this is what we have and we bring nothing with us. So I just, yeah, I, so this whole record is so, so, so good, but it's one of those ones where I just keep getting stuck on these first two tracks and that one in particular, when I first heard that, uh, I would just kind of walk around the city with that song just on repeat, just like soaking it in because there's so many layers to it and it's just, like, it's such, it's a beautiful melody and like now like understanding that it's meant as a lullaby, like I can see that it's very peaceful. I would like to talk about uh, Alien next, if we could. I am glad that you brought that up because I, I, I have some, some thoughts on Alien. Oh, boy, uh, do I have some thoughts on Alien, too. But specifically, I, I mentioned how there's a lot of flow between uh, the songs, and sometimes it's just like one little like lingering note, something like, you know, sometimes it's a stick click, sometimes it's voices. Uh, Alien, Into the Sunshine, Into the Grocery... Uh, it feels like if they're like if your music player didn't put that like slightest pause in between tracks, it would be just one large like epic song that just has three movements to it. Um, and I think back to there was a, a band from Tacoma way back when uh, Long Since was playing, and uh, they called Time to Fly, and they had a record called Birth, Work, Death, and the end of the record was this three-part track, Birth, Work, and Death, that was the same. Uh, basically like the same progressions and the same themes and whatnot, but performed in like three different ways and they just flowed together uh, and like seeing them do that live was always super killer. And that makes me want to see like, does Manchester Orchestra do that with these songs? Do they think about them in, in that way? Uh, or is it just like something that my brain was making the association? Uh, so obviously not easy for, you know, the podcast to, to convey like that because we can't just sit and play all three songs back to back but like if you're listening to this take a moment and listen to those three songs in like just in in order like even just those three uh and hear if you know see if you hear what i'm hearing yeah go go ahead and do that now we'll wait uh we'll wait the appropriate amount of time uh for those three songs to play and, and then you can come back and we'll still be here we'll be we'll be waiting we've got time yeah no we're not actually gonna do that <laughs> also you could just you could just pause it just don't forget to come back because the record's really good. I could see you just listening to the whole thing over and over again and forgetting to come back to this episode. <laughs> and we have a lot more to talk about and a whole other record to talk about too. But Alien, <laughs> uh, there are two specific things I want to talk about in Alien. Uh, the first one is the chorus in Alien. And I think actually the, the whole song is kind of the same chord progression, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, I think so too. I'd have to listen to it again to 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 justify to ju justify to verify, um, but it's the same chord progression as uh, the gold. Is it really? Yeah, I don't know if it's the same key, but it's the same progression. Um, that makes sense. There, there is uh, another part of what makes this record feel so cohesive is that they do reuse themes, like not only lyrically, uh, but musically as well. Yeah. And then uh I I like Alien because 
it's kind of you know it's a more more mellow subdued song than than the gold um and on the surface it's you know it's got a really pretty harmony in the chorus and it's you know if you're not really listening to the lyrics it's just kind of mm-hmm. like oh this is just kind of a nice like little dreamy song but then like when you really break down the lyrics holy yeah. shit like well, he talks about like he wrote this song on vacation in Hawaii which i think is fantastic cuz it's like he acknowledges this is one of the saddest songs i've ever written and like here i am in like bright sunshiny paradise celebrating my wife's birthday and like just had to get this like like just tragic story out of my brain yeah it's i i mean it's a little cryptic so it's a little i think it's kind of open to interpretation a little bit but like what what I take from it is it's um, the story of someone who uh, had a really rough childhood, had, you know, there was some abuse involved, which we'll get to in a second, uh, and then decided to, uh, you know, walk into traffic or I don't know if they they were driving and like turned into traffic or or what the situation was. Um, But then uh, apparently ended up causing, uh, you know, a bigger accident than they intended or like a pilot because there's a, a line towards the end where it's like, did you mean to take all those people with you? And, yeah. um, yeah. and like, there's this repeating, like, I didn't mean to at the end. And it's, it's like, yeah, Oh, it's so good. But then there's, um, then there, uh, so the, the connection I had a hard time making was like, well, what is, what, what is, why is alien? Why, what is that about? And yep. Uh, I'm going to let you talk about it. <laughs> Because yeah, I, I think so, you you, uh, you have some good insight there. Yeah, so they like they talk about they're in this small town and like the officer who shows up to the scene of this accident. Because you're absolutely spot on. Like it 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 is a story of a man who like uh, was abused uh, and is in like a deep depression and decides to try to kill himself, but in a very like very public way. Uh, and I think the idea being that he like causes traffic with his car. Cause it says like you force the traffic to erase your family demons. What uh, a great line that is. Right. Like, um, I'm trying to find, Oh yeah. So, uh, survives the accident and is in the hospital and the doctor asks about your ears. You said your mom said you were made from a revelation and the revelation never scares. Your fear came from a drunken dad and a pair of scissors. So like it like it's acknowledging like I just got chills. Mom tried to yeah exactly me too. <laughs> uh, like mom tried to cover it up. It's like oh no it's just this is you you're special. Uh, when really this was like years of abuse from uh, a a drunken father who decided to scar the kid for life. Uh, and uh, they reference uh, you know as a kid the other kids would would uh, tease this man uh, and say that he's an alien and it's a reference to either like missing or like horribly disfigured ears. Yeah. I mean, first of all, what a heartbreaking story, right? (laughs) Right. But second of all, like dude just came up with that, right? Like that's not an experience from his life. Right. As far Mm -hmm. as we know, he says, I wrote this song in Hawaii celebrating my wife's 30th birthday. I was inspired to write two of the saddest songs I've ever written. Not sure why it came out that way. The song was a full-on story that was writing itself. I knew where it started, but as I was writing it, the story was just happening. I didn't know what was happening until the third verse, like a detective novel. Um, oh, that's so cool. And 
Yeah, and like I, I'm pretty sure that this uh, this theme or like this man uh, that the story is written about is referenced a couple more times throughout the uh, the record. And like one of the recurring themes that he mentions when he talks about writing these songs is that uh, there's like elements of almost like time travel through the songs because he's jumping around to different parts uh, of the person's life as he's telling it. Uh, and uh, yeah, just that I mentioned that there are several recurring themes, uh, and that's one of them. Time travel is one of them. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still getting chills. I know, dude. That song is like, have you have you seen the video for it? I have not. Oh, you should watch that. Uh, it's it's pretty cool. It's like, it's it's kind of cool because like the just kind of like the song even though the song tells like a linear story, it kind of unfolds in reverse. Cause you find out like what the guy did, but then you find out like why he did it as the song goes on. Yeah. So it's like, you, you're kind of hearing the story in reverse a little bit. The video is also a story told in reverse. Oh, shit. And so you don't really understand what's happening in the video until you get to the, the end of it, which is kind of the beginning hmm. of like, so it's, it's really cool. It's really well done. Um, yeah, it doesn't really. I don't think it really correlates with the story exactly, but it's uh, it's still a really cool concept, and it's really. Uh, yeah, just, ch- just check it out. It's a good good video. couple of times that I listened to this uh, this record uh, my brain was still so hung up on the the first couple of tracks that like everything else was like, like I, I just kept thinking like should I just go back and listen to those <laughs> um, yeah but then I remembered like it was 
like a week or so ago, as I was starting to like think about what I wanted to talk about with this record uh, and why I had chosen it specifically, and I was making a cup of coffee at work, and this song, The Alien, came on, and like I started to really listen to it, and that's where I started to notice the lines about like, you know, the the officer was your high school bully, and like if we'd have known, like would we have like even wanted to talk to him, and like the kids called you an alien, and like the the line about you know drunken father and a pair of scissors and I started to think like holy shit this song's a lot deeper than I thought it was <laughs> oh yeah yeah um, <laughs> another interesting thing about the song too is the chorus musically is the same but the lyrics in the chorus are different every time yet it's still a yep. really good hook yep and I think that's really interesting. Something you don't see a lot, and it's, uh, you know, I feel like that that's a really hard thing to pull off, and they nailed it. And they do it by, like, just basically referencing the last line of the previous verse. You know, like, you've mentioned the, like, the repeating at the end that didn't mean to, didn't mean to, didn't mean to, like, and that's, like, a direct reference to that last, uh, you know, did you mean to take all those people with you? Yeah. Who boy, <laughs> man! This is like a gonna be a bummer of an episode. Holy cow! It, it's so heavy. It is, and the the next record's a very different uh, kind of sad and melancholy. But also, we picked two yeah. two kind of like downers, but really good downers of records. Yeah, for this episode. These are like they they're definitely. Um, oh, I almost tried to play a song i didn't want to do that um they're definitely to me like those those records that you put on when you're kind of already having a bad day because for some reason like making yourself sadder is going to help um they also have the the same like kind of like emotional vibe to me that uh when i told you that um uh, when I put on that lydia record and i was walking around seattle and it was just kind of like the perfect for like the gloomy weather um these uh, two records both kind of have that that vibe for me. Where like, you know, they're they're good bad day records. Good bad day records. <laughs> you know, for those good bad uh, days. For those good bad days. Uh, I mentioned the the theme of uh, time travel. Um, I wanted to call out uh, one more track specifically, and it's the second to last song, and it's called "The Parts." Uh, and when he talks about this song, he says it's a, a love a love song to my wife. So we have the theme of the uh, just fictional stories. We have the theme of the lullabies to his daughter. And we have a, a couple of songs that are written uh, specifically for his wife. But he said it's written with many different perspectives and similar to the grocery. So he's referencing uh, another song that was part of that, that block of three that I, I think flows so well together. Um, uh, he said, we are time traveling in this song. And what he means by that is like, you know, each verse is kind of like at a different part in, in life. And it's not just like a linear progression. Uh, and the, uh, the concept of the grocery uh, is something that he keeps going back and referencing too. Like, just, you know, I, I think the man from uh, the alien, I, I think is uh, possibly also referenced in a, in a song where he's in a grocery uh, making another terrible life decision. Um, and then, like, he, he references it here in the parts as well. Turn off the alarm 
The the name the parts because um, you know, I mentioned like Led South Dakota is the only track on this record that doesn't start with the uh, and so like it's a another like theme that that ties the whole record together. But you think of like what is what is the parts like what does that have to do with anything? Uh, the chorus where he says, "I wanted to know each part, want to know each part of you." I'm like, oh, those are the parts, yeah. all of the parts, all of the parts of the that make up you. Well, we've been talking about this record for almost 45 minutes, and I'm not mad about that. No. Uh, but we no. should probably uh, move on to uh, to my pick for this week. But first, um, we're going to hear from our sponsor for the week. But, Caleb, before we do that, do you want to pick a, a track uh, from this record to go out on? Let's Actually, you know what? Let's go out on the last uh, track because uh, this is one of the other... Uh, lullabies for his daughter and it's just this very like quiet very simple song like sometimes like the music is almost not there in some cases and i just i think that that's really like really interesting um and uh he talks that he like he actually wrote this like before she was born uh and so like that's that's kind of neat so let, let's go out on on the silence Excellent. We'll do that, and when we come back, we'll talk about my pick for the week.
Hello and welcome to the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fight, And I'm Caleb Coy. And together, we plumb the murkiest depths and scour the darkest corners of the internet in search of movies. Movies you might have missed. Or purposefully skipped over. We break down the madness and offer tiny tidbits of trivia. Or sometimes just yell into the abyss about how these movies ever got made. Catch a new episode every week. still listening to left of the dial i am still kitsy and with me still is caleb caleb how are you uh believe it or not i am uh, much the same as when we left yes <laughs> that's that makes sense because that was mere moments ago i'd, I'd be concerned if your if your status had changed <laughs> thankfully my mood has not shifted that dramatically uh in the time it took for you to hear from our sponsors You've just heard Frequent Crier hey. from the album Breakup Season by Future Teens. Um, this is my pick for the week. We did not mean to bum you all out this much. We just didn't, <laughs> we just kind of both independently picked like some really heavy stuff. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the, the, the Manchester Orchestra record is really heavy, and this is really just, you know, kind of a bit of a sad... Uh, I mean, it's called breakup season. You kind of know what's going on here. Um, you should. But I just, I remember looking at, like, last week, looking at, uh, you know, our, our upcoming episodes, and I'm like, oh, Christ, we, like, really <laughs> picked two, uh, two, like, bombers of records, um, you know, emotionally, uh, back to back, I, so. Uh, I was caught completely off guard because I had never heard Future Teens, uh, and I had never listened to this record, and then I sat down to to do my research and i was like oh oh i'm sad now <laughs> <laughs> yeah um this one uh so frequent frequent crier oh my god why is that so hard for me to say <laughs> so the song uh is um the first single they released from the record uh so this was the song that kind of hooked me um, and I actually, I heard about Future Teens through um, a a company, a service, I don't know what, you, what you'd what call it, um, uh, called No Earbuds, which mm-hmm. is uh, um, uh, Jamie, oh, what's her last name? Oh, it's, I'm so embarrassed right now. I can't think of it. Um, Jamie Coletta, that's her name. She worked for a record label. And they kind of laid off a bunch of people. And so she started her own, like, I guess, PR firm um, called No Earbuds. And this is one of the bands uh, that she works with. And so I actually found oh. out about this, uh, I think, probably through her Twitter account. 
Um, so yeah, if you're looking for some, some new good music, uh, check out no earbuds, uh, .com. Um, there's quite a few, uh, good bands on there. So I see that, uh, Oso Oso that we talked about recently is on there, but, uh, one of my upcoming picks is on here and I'm excited about that. Also fun aside, there was a band called meat wave. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, right? <laughs> so anyway. Uh, let's try to get back on track here. So, so yeah, uh, frequent crier, which is not it. something I can say easily. Apparently, um, yeah, this this song is, um, you know, I think it's it's a pretty standard breakup song. I think it tells the story of you know a relationship that didn't quite work out, but um, you know, I, I think at the end, um, it, you know, there's all so the, like the the kind of the the hook of the song is that. Um, singing about you know, all these different places to cry when you're sad, um, which is great. But then, um, like, also reasons, like, reasons why. And at the, at the end, I think the line is, like, um, I was crying when you told me I would still be your best friend. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, definitely... Uh, I mean, I've, I've certainly been in, in that kind of situation before, so I, I totally get that feeling. Well, and I love that... Uh, you know, there's the, the mention of like places where the the singer's been crying, uh, but there's a like a callback uh, aspect that's like conversational. Now I'm crying in the shower. Well, how's your day been? I'm crying in the traffic jam. How was your drive? And like all the things that people might ask. Like I'm cry- crying into my fridge. Are you eating? <laughs> like crying at my own birthday. Are you happier yet? <laughs> like the just the kind of like. Um, maybe uh, inadvertently insensitive things that people ask when they think they're being helpful. Yeah, and I, I especially like that it's that's a real subtle thing. You know, it's it's almost yeah. like a little too low to kind of make out what's happening sometimes. And I think that's kind <laughs> of a cool, um, cool way to go. Yeah, and um, one thing I noticed uh, recurring for the Spanish, they have. Uh, a lot of music videos. Now, some of them are just like lyric videos, which that happens, but like they have more like fully produced, like well, like well presented music videos than like I would imagine a, a band having, uh, especially since this is not like it's, it's a fairly recent release. Yeah, like, it came out uh, towards the end of 2019, I believe. Yeah, I'm like, where do these kids have the time? <laughs> But then I remember what it was like to be just like music was your life. I'm like, yeah, I probably could have done that back then too, but no, <laughs> no, I'm old. <laughs> when did this come out? But this, you gotta find this out. song in particular has a really great, uh, clever music video concept uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, the uh, character in the music video who like uh, is wandering around and then stumbles across uh, the the room where they're they're performing this song and he watches through the window is a hella sick yo-yo artist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like doing crazy tricks through the whole thing. And I love it. Uh, but also uh, it's a young man and they show him crying, uh, which is just kind of a nice nod to the, the fact that like, you know, as, as men were told, like, you know, you don't cry and like kind of forced to like tamp down emotions and like just like the very like the opening scene is this man crying and like that's really cool like put it right out there like this is okay 
I didn't really take notes on this song. Uh, like mentally, I was thinking about like how like I I like the like the kind of catchiness to it and this acknowledgement of like no things really aren't great. Thanks for asking. Uh, but the only note that I took was just another cool video. Yo yo guy. <laughs> yo yo guy. <laughs> yo yo guy. Uh, and I I love it. I I would watch that again. Ten out of ten. Nice. <laughs> So yeah, Caleb, what did you think of this record? Because this was another one that I wasn't sure if you were going to be into. Yeah, so um, I used the uh, the phrase earlier when we were talking about Black Mile to the Surface, uh, good bad day record. Uh, and this might be my new favorite bad day record, at least until uh, something even sadder comes along. <laughs> <laughs> it's like These are all, like again, like start to finish, like all very catchy songs, um, and a lot of it that like I don't I can't necessarily directly relate to because thankfully I am in a uh, happy and stable relationship for several years that I don't see uh, ending anytime soon. Uh, but like I we'll still understand. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking to see if I'm getting a look, and no, I'm getting ignored. Thankfully, um, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, they're, they're all all very relatable uh, themes, and I like that. Uh, but the the songwriting across the board on this record, the melody, uh, the two singer dynamic, uh, everything just kind of just caught me right away. And um, I think, uh, yeah, just like right from the the very beginning, it was uh, it was hard for me. Like actually, okay, so I I wrote this line. It's too hard to try to pick standout songs. I am in love with this record. Oh, that's a great like just one sentence review of this record for sure. We did uh, Run Wild by Lydia a couple weeks ago, and I think my my comment was mm-hmm. like, I enjoyed the record, but nothing really stood out to me. This is kind of the flip of that, where, yes. well, not really a flip, but like, I didn't take notes because like everything stood out to me. Like it's it's one of those things like if you make everything bold, nothing's bold. Yes, but so exactly. like this record is just like all awesome, and so it's hard to pick out just you know standout moments for me. Um, because I mean, I you know every track on this record is great. There's not a bad mm-hmm. one on it. I believe so you, funny. Caleb, last yes. night on your Instagram story, uh, had the uh, the Happy New Year, the opening track of the record. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So like, um, I I just kind of like t- took the photo and like tagged the the songs. I'm like I'm st- I'm starting my research for the night, but like, uh, the song just it starts out just just gorgeous and like heartbreaking and uh i put like fuck this is basically how i feel every january like (laughs) it's a new year nothing's changed and like it's just like this is such like an impactful way to start a record yeah happy new year you get the same old me i don't have the resolution to change a thing yeah that's pretty on brand for you (laughs) happy new year you get the same old me I don't have the resolution to change a thing January won't be different than the last except of course I'm torn between two more I'm more 
is uh, and so, I've like, known you for, I think over ten years now, hasn't it been? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and uh, you really <laughs> haven't changed much. <laughs> I'll take it, and and I I mean that in, in a good way. I am I am I am the man that I am, and that is all I can say. <laughs> uh, yeah, so another. A standout track for me specifically a standout uh lyric uh comes from the track so what um of uh towards the end of the song uh lyrics go uh so i can tell you the thoughts that i've been holding in we'll both pretend you're not sleeping with him uh which just kind of hit me real real close to home um like i've definitely had that like exact kind of thought uh, in my head before. Um, yeah. And then it follows up with, uh, I understand now that the means always end. So let's find out if we're mutually friends. Um, uh, <laughs> but there's also like, uh, one of my favorites, uh, cause I, I think we've, we maybe have mentioned, if not, we've, uh, neglected to, uh, that there are two singers for this, uh, this band. Um, and they each have their own style and approach, but I love this has this really great callback where the one says like, I'm sorry. And in the background, just like really kind of quiet and distant. There's this re- repeating, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, and it's, I, I loved that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. That's uh, kind of like the, like it's just twisting a little bit more each time. Have no time to This record was harsh, man. It, it was. <laughs> it was so harsh, and but like in all the right ways. Like it's, it. I, I. I. I keep saying it's a sad record, but it's also a really cathartic record. Uh huh. Um, which is all why I love it. I mean, plus well, the songs so, are just all catchy as hell. Yeah, and like they're they're not like all like slow new slow droney downbeat like gonna bring you down. Like there there is some bop to them, and like. This song specifically, one of the notes that I took is like musically, it, it almost has a feel of like old Weezer. Yeah, I can see that. It's got a little yeah. bit of kind of fuzziness in the riff. And then like um, there's also some really great harmonies through it that uh, um, like almost give like not full on, but like almost give like a little bit of a Western vibe to the, the choruses. 
like the the way like the the tone of the harmonies just like is really like cool their voices play really well together and that's something that is always like fun to hear another one uh i want to talk about is alone at the party okay which is uh the track after so what this kind of feels like the flip uh flip side of uh after the party by the menzingers yes <laughs> which is a jam that is a jam like completely we certified we should do that record at some point i'm into it um but there's uh there's so many like i could literally just read the lyrics of this entire song because it's it's so good but the the chorus um is really stand out to me i don't know what i'm supposed to do i can't hate you and trust me i've tried to how long mm-hmm. is this supposed to take because i love you and i need that to change yeah like that's so good the the last chorus like turns that on its head and like says, because uh, I love you. I don't want that to change. I need it to change. Right. Oh, it's so good. Uh, and even the bridge is also, you know, we joked that this would be easier for whoever cared less. I guess that makes me the loser, but I'm trying my best. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's really well written. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the, the first half of verse two, too, like, uh, maybe it was destructive to go catch a crush. I've built this up into something that it never was. I mean, who hasn't been there? talked about why uh or, or, i mentioned that this uh record was directly uh related to uh 
how I'm feeling today versus yesterday and hopefully tomorrow. Uh, and that's because, uh, if I can call it what I think was the surprise standout track for me, uh, it was uh, Swiped Out. Well, I've been there. Yeah, so, like, I can't even really relate to the majority of the song because uh, I haven't really dated in the era of online dating and specifically playing the swiping game. Aren't um, you lucky? Aren't I lucky? Hey, uh, I got to be nice and settled down before any of that madness happened. Um, but, I mean, a, a lot of the, you know, the thematic elements of the song, like, it, it makes sense. I mean, it's... It's a breakup song. It, it puts it right out there. Uh, and then it's, you know, the specifically the idea of like trying to get back out there and like make yourself vulnerable again. And just like, it all just feels like pointless. Like, I don't, I don't want to be doing this. And then like, it kind of, it builds a little bit. And, you know, the, the first line or the first verse is just kind of like discussed at, uh, the, the process and like how everyone just kind of blends together and like, just like, I don't want to do this. So I'm just going to make excuses and get out of it. The second verse makes it a little bit, uh, deeper as like the, uh, the writer stumbles across someone that, uh, actually seems kind of nice and is like pleasant to engage in conversation, but like, wears the hair a particular way that reminds the, the singer of, whoever they're, they're singing about in the song, so whoever the, the big breakup was. And there's the line, uh, her hair's tucked behind her ears like yours. If I met her, I'd fall apart for sure. Um, and um, quick aside, while you know, I'm in the middle of like, building this sad story about the, the words of this song, uh, the chorus uh, musically does something that I feel like most like pop, rock, punk, and whatnot bands never do. And it almost has a feeling of like the way a composer would write for a musical. And it makes me wonder like, were these theater kids? Uh, because the, the like way, like, I don't even really know properly how to describe it, but the way each line shifts a little bit in the melody uh, the structure of it feels like uh, something from a, a, a good, like, catchy pop musical. Uh, and, like, I'm doing no justice to babbling it, but just listen to the chorus uh, and, once again, tell me if you agree. But the, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. I don't have time. Uh, even just, like, the, the lyric structure feels like something out of, like, you know, and the apocalypse, which referencing the uh, the Nohoit. <laughs> yeah, the, the do you do you get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. I always get okay. what you're saying. <laughs> you get me. I get you. Um, so back to the the song. So I started kind of having a moment with that. Uh, her hair's tucked behind her ears like yours. If I met her, I'd fall apart for sure. Uh, and then um, got to verse three. Um, I can't fall asleep most nights. I loved your voice when you're tired. And the way we'd high five every time we remembered that all of our last firsts would happen together. And you can hear the singer's voice break up in that. And uh, like, there's just like such a raw emotion in that. Uh, and watching a live video of this song, uh, they sound exactly the same. Like you, like, it's like 
every time they they try to say that line it still hurts yeah um the photo of us still pressed inside my wallet the pile of your stuff growing tall in my closet if i ever knew what went wrong i think i forgot it i told you things are better now i wasn't being honest such a great line i just sat and listened to like that verse over and over again as i kind of spiraled out because uh, I was already in kind of a, a rough mood yesterday. I was having a you know just kind of a, a bad couple of weeks, uh, and this song reminded me of something that I had forgotten, and the act of having forgotten of it, I mean, forgotten it, made remembering it that much harder. Ooh. Uh, it was the you know the anniversary of someone passing that was very close to me, and so like that all just hit me really hard. Oh yeah, I remember uh, that, and so. Uh, I finished off my emergency whiskey, uh, which is why one uh, wasn't feeling great today, and will hopefully be feeling better tomorrow. There we go. Tie it all back. Boom! In full circle with a full circle with a neat little bow. Love it. I can't fall asleep most nights. I loved your voice when you're tired. The way we'd high five every time we remembered that all of our last verse would happen together. The phone alarms. Still pressed inside my wallet The pile of your stuff Growing tall inside my closet If I ever knew I went wrong I think that I forgot it I told you things are better now I wasn't being honest Half of the time Full circle. Then I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna full circle back to the beginning of this song. Uh, the first two lines: I swipe myself to sleep last night. I want to set my iPhone on fire. Been there. Get a galaxy and it'll set itself on fire. Boom. <laughs> so we're gonna do something different this week. We're gonna go out on a song that's not from either of these records. Um, actually, we covered uh, Warriors, a, a personal favorite of mine, back on our very first episode. And they have a new record coming out. You were someone you know. And uh, they released a single recently called Power Couple. Uh, spelled P-W-R-C-P-L, I think. Uh, interesting. Interesting spelling. Uh, but the song's a jam. And we're going to hear some of it going out. Because uh, I love this band and they've got a record coming out. And you should know about that. Uh, so we're going to hear that. But before we do, Caleb, if I wanted to find you on the internet... Hmm. How would I go about doing that? Well, I, I do maintain a, a presence on uh, two known social media platforms, uh, both the the Twitter and the the Gramsta, uh, at Caleb Micah. And uh, if you uh, are at all interested in the other uh, project under the the brand, 
Uh, you can visit thenahoit.com. That's T-H-E-N-H-O-I-T.com. Uh, and check out uh, the Never Heard of It podcast, which we reference frequently throughout the uh, left of the dial, uh, where our friend Michael Ch- uh, Michael Fight and I uh, discuss bad movies and uh, mostly just shit talk them. Yeah, it's kind of the opposite of this podcast because it's, it it's the movies instead of, instead of the music, and it's uh, it's not good. The movies aren't good. The <laughs> podcast is great. The movies aren't good. Your mileage may vary. Every, occasionally the movies are good. Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at HeyKitsy. Uh, you can find all things Left of the Dial at leftofthedial.fm. Uh, our new home is there. Uh, we are now, uh, I mean, this is like two episodes past when this happened, but we are now officially on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're on all the places now, finally. We got that sorted out. So, uh, very exciting. I don't know why I'm telling you where to find us. You've clearly already found us if you're listening to me. So this is really bad marketing on my part. But in case you want to find us somewhere else. In case you want to find us somewhere else. But uh, in, case, in case you're not happy with where you found us. <laughs> yeah. If you're not happy with where you found us, uh, you can go to leftthedial.fm and get links to uh, everything we talked about uh, in this episode, including links to Spotify and Apple Music for the bands, uh, links to Bandcamp. Please buy music from bands. It really helps them. Um, streaming is, is great for, for the, the consumer, but terrible for the bands. And, uh, you know, your, your purchase of their record on Bandcamp goes a very long way to, uh, helping them continue to make the music that you love. So please purchase some music. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, so yeah, here we go with uh, power couple from warriors and we will catch you next week. Pow! short pier every complaint is a nail in the coffin i get it you still hate it here so my space at the warehouse left my things and just let it bleed out i love the person you are to everyone else but this love for heartbreak is wearing me out i said I don't know much, but I know I love you.